Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills, so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com sample-policy. Spot Pet Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. You will drive yeah. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And we have breaking news, actual breaking news. I was going to talk about Dakota and Ellen cancellation, but we have actual breaking news, Lindsay. Yeah. Kat Dennings is engaged to <gasps> Andrew W.K. <laughs> So whirlwind we found out we remembered we loved romance. it and now they are in love they're gonna get married wedding of the century we're not quite sure when they started seeing each other if they're getting no. engaged now either it's the most whirlwindy whirlwind or we just yeah, we have no hear idea. of this until a little bit later in the relationship or whatever there was a first post on my instagram instagram knows what i want to see i mean who weekly's mm -hmm. instagram but they know they know she posted a photo of them clutching each other's hands. Her Wingage ring is there. And then she wrote, don't mind if I do. God. I hope in the ceremony, their marriage ceremony, they like braid their hair together in some sort of like fun ceremony. And they'll both wear white. Because <gasps> he wears white. He'll wear white jeans and she'll wear a white dress. Oh, that's nice. Oh, and they'll have the most beautiful hair. I can't get over their hair. I need to know their I conditioner just, situation. I'm sorry. Just imagine them braiding their hair together in one braid as like a symbolic <laughs> unity thing. It'd be so cool. Their pros hair conditioner just has both their names on it. Oh, God. You're <laughs> obsessed with their pros. <laughs> no, you know he uses like suave. Their pros hair says Cat and Andrew. He does not use suave. She has like a 25-step hair system, and he has like one <laughs> bottle of shampoo conditioner in his shower, 100%. Do you think he does shampoo conditioner body wash all the same bottle? All the same bottle. It's like Dr. Bronner's. <laughs> his hair is so nice, though. Yeah, well, some people just have it. Nice hair. What's important to note is that she posted this like right after it happened. Like, there's, you know how I know she posted it right after it happened? Why? How? Because he's Andrew WK and he has a Casio digital watch. So in the photo. Oh, the time you, on the watch. If, if you zoom in, it literally says Thursday, 513, 939 a.m. But watch is like part of his look. It's like the white mm -hmm. jeans, Casio mm -hmm. watch, whatever. And his hand is out and her like hand with her ring is covering his hand. I don't even think to, to cross check the timestamp with the watch. In both the engagement photo and the first photo where she goes, happy birthday at Andrew WK. They're posed the same way where like she's on the left. She's also shorter than he is. He's kind of on top of her. And it's it's sort of like they're sucking each other. Like it's like a very intense like uh, suction kiss. Bobby, we told them to kiss and now you're no, mad they're a, kissing. No, I'm not mad at all. I'm not mad at all. But the way that the way that these photos always end up because of their size differences and their hair is that their hair starts to like connect kind of. That's in the middle. what I'm saying. It, <gasps> into one braid. 
into one single braid. It's like the Think avatar. Think of the shower. Did we already do this joke? Think of the shower. Think of the oh. drain and the shower. <laughs> oh, boy. They have to get, what, what do you call those things? The like mushroom thing? They where need it's like a tub shroom. The tub shroom. <laughs> they need like 12 tub shrooms that need to rotate. I don't know why they'd need 12. One Every the time job. the plumber comes to their apartment, he goes, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the biggest cigar. He's like, I'm going to need an afternoon for this. <laughs> Okay, you are listening to Who's There, a weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's start with comments. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I called in yesterday with a call. You're probably not going to play about uh, reverse nepotism and Dan Levy. Not the kind of thing you want to hear, but I just heard, I listened to the rest of the podcast, and I heard absolutely the best argument that I have heard yet for not pausing to call in Porkin Sorkin oh my god that has to be I'm going to call every week signing off Porkin Sorkin Porkin Sorkin crunch crunch Porkin Sorkin hey guys uh, I'm sure you've gotten a hundred but uh, Gigi Hadid and um, Yolanda Gigi definitely made Yolanda more famous than I think she would have been had it not been for how famous Gigi was. But, like, Gigi wouldn't have existed without Yolanda. Anyway, but I guess that could be more like Yolanda just projected her and took it really far. But I feel like Yolanda's more famous now. I don't know. Bye-bye. I think Dan Levy absolutely counts. I think... Yolanda and the Hadids are skirting the line, but I think they count. Yolanda had already gotten housewives before the Hadid girls became famous, you know? No, that's but that's what that's why it works. You're supposed to be famous before your kid as well. So the idea of the nepotism is that you get more famous. So it's like the question really is, is she the same famous she was when she had the housewife show or is she now more famous because of her daughters being successful models? And I would I agree with the caller. I think it's like she got a bunch a bunch of fame where like, yes, she was popular on the housewives and people cared about her, but not as much as then after the fact that Gigi and like her life gets covered by tabloids all the time now because of she's them. their mom more so than she is a housewife now, a former exactly. housewife. Exactly. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, long time, long time. I think one of the most interesting examples of reverse nepotism is Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds, because at first, you know, it's the classic thing of Carrie Fisher got super famous as Princess Leia. And especially in her later years, you know, Debbie Reynolds still being alive and then having a fun relationship was a thing that kind of was Debbie Reynolds's, you know, latter day claim to fame. But what makes it super interesting to me is that their relationship was kind of brought to light by Carrie Fisher's iconic novel slash movie, Postcards from the Edge, where Meryl Streep played Carrie Fisher and Shirley MacLaine played Debbie Reynolds. So not only was it, you know, reverse nepotism in terms of real life, but literally Carrie Fisher elevated her mom's story and their relationship by writing a book and movie that essentially highlighted their mother-daughter relationship. Anyways, fascinating. Love Carrie Fisher. Love Debbie Reynolds. Rest in peace to them both. They're amazing. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Who Weekly. 
I was just thinking about the reverse nepotism question, which is super fascinating to me, and I've really enjoyed this exercise. Um, and I would like to propose Whitney Houston and Sissy Houston. Um, Sissy Houston was a pretty successful backup singer um, for, like, Aretha Franklin and, and Elvis and people like that, but it wasn't until after Whitney Houston got really big that um, she, that Sissy Houston won her Grammy Awards. Um, she won a Grammy for a song that she sang on The Preacher's Wife, which starred Whitney Houston. Um, so I feel like that resurgence as sort of like a solo artist and Grammy winner maybe stemmed from um, Whitney's success. So anyways, um, just things to think about. Have you seen Postcards from the Edge? You have, right? Of course yeah. I have. Extremely different. And I think the sissy one is even more interesting because she won the Grammy for the movie that was her daughter's big movie. And even though, yes, she was never like a hugely famous solo artist, she did get a little bump. And the bump gave her mm -hmm. the like industry recognition mm -hmm. that she'd never gotten before. Yeah. I mean, the first one, the, the Fisher Reynolds one is interesting because it was almost her lore that became more famous because she mm -hmm. was this iconic child star and adult star and then her daughter like shone a new light on her and her life and it became interesting in like a third dimension way so she became famous all over again as this kind of character that mm -hmm. her daughter because the documentary about them is really good too and it's like oh, I love it, the documentary about it's them. uh uh what's it called again i forget bright light starring carrie fisher and debbie reynolds yeah. so their relationship became more of a kind of obsession and interest to people than it had been ever before well she was like obviously a baby and it wasn't relevant but then when carrie fisher was or grew up to be carrie fisher it became a thing yeah. and the sissy whitney one is interesting too because i didn't know that she'd won her grammy after basically had all of her recognition happen after whitney houston mm -hmm. was the whitney houston yeah. you know Fun fact, it's the best-selling gospel album of all time, The Preacher's Wife soundtrack. Bobby, this is Sally in Atlanta. Um, I was calling about the <laughs> Top Siders Eric conspiracy theory that your uh, caller called in about in the last episode. Um, so kind of a complicated connection, but <clears throat> my best friend um, from college, my college roommate, um, is Miles Teller's cousin, and they're very close. Um, so you can see her like in uh, premiere photos, and she was at his wedding. I think I actually sent you guys on IG um, some picture of him, like, super wasted at his wedding. But anyway, <clears throat> the point being, I texted her in, like, trying to not be like, I'm just doing this um, for some podcast dirt um, about the wife, and uh, your call, your caller was incorrect. Uh, his wife's last name is Barry, but she is the daughter of a plastic surgeon. She's got, like, five or six sisters. No connection to uh, Sperry Topsider, despite Bobby's insistence and lack of evidence, um, nor any connection to Rand Paul and or Ayn Rand that I'm aware of. But again, they're super rich from Orange County, so actually that seems much more likely. 
Um, anyway, uh, good form, bell form. Bye. Thank you for calling in and confirming this. I was sort of skeptical last week, and now we know that, yes, Kaylee Sperry is probably not the Sperry's topsider heiress. We also got so many Ancestry.com logins. Thank you, especially to Renata, the librarian who sent us a librarian one. But we also got an email from a hooligan named Katie who did all the legwork for all the us, work. essentially. So we didn't even need to go on Ancestry.com. She, a lot, a few people sent us his obit, her father's obit. It says, you know, Raymond Sperry. Her grandfather's, yeah. He was the co-founder of Sperry Van Ness, which is the fourth largest commercial real estate investment company in Southern California. So mm-hmm. that's where there'd be any money from that, I guess. But there's no mention of shoes. There's literally no, no mention. And if 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 he was, if they were involved in that business, there would be mentions all over the place of these of the shoes, you know? Yeah, exactly. And also they changed their name. Like their family name was still Spiziri, probably Spiziri at the time that the Sperry shoes were already out. So like it was a case of like immigrants coming into the country and then like making their names sound a little more American or less European mm-hmm. or whatever. Of course. Happened to my family. Didn't happen to my family. They were like, you know what? Finger works. Anyway, the evidence is all on the side of she is not the top cider heiress. Anyway, thank you, Katie, for sending that email in and all of that work. It was so helpful, the confirmation. And tell Joe Hay. <laughs> Sorry, I know her. <laughs> Kim Laurie didn't come out of nowhere. Kim Laurie got um, famous because he wrote a song about Addison Ray. Um, I can't believe you didn't discuss his Who Connection. Uh, he has this song that goes, I need a bad bleep. <laughs> I just did her thing. I need a bad bitch, Addison Ray, shoddy the baddest. Um, and so she does this thing, which I do perfectly, so I'm going to do it for you now, where she's talking to, like, genius, you know, like, where they talk about lyrics about it. She goes, um, these lyrics go, I need a bad bleep, Addison Ray." Little shoddy the baddest, and she's got a raise. Obviously, the song is very heartfelt to me because I am Addison Ray. Um, yeah, I just I need you guys to know that Tim Tebow lesbian. I feel so stupid that I didn't remember that it's his song. That song was everywhere. This is what the I believe. Sorry, the Australian caller doing this hilarious American I know. accent. That was the really Addison impressive. Ray American. I'm doing. I do the Addison Ray dialect actually, but you did it perfectly. <laughs> I need a bad bleep. That's me. I need a bad bleep. Uh, Addison Ray, Lashadi the baddest. Yeah, and she got her ways. <laughs> What's up, y'all? This is Addison Ray, and I'm about to break down some TikTok lyrics on Between the Lines. God, I can't listen to that. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Yeah, I mean, and this video also was like memified her to like the next level. Mm-hmm. The, the, the I need a bad bleep. Her saying I need a bad bleep. I need a bad bleep. I didn't know that was Kid Leroy. I feel I didn't so know silly. That was him either. That's I feel like an idiot. such an obvious breakout <laughs> moment for him. I need a bad bleep. And then here's him talking about the song. And that's probably why they, there were gating rumors about them. I was just in the studio one day with my homie Han. He made a beat and I just, like the first thing I said, I was just like, I need a bad bitch. Addison Ray. It was only like literally three or four lines. And then I just like bounced this shit out. I'm going to like make a TikTok to it. So I just like stared at the camera and I was just like, I said the line. I need a bad bitch. So it wasn't even a real song, if I recall. It was like just that little moment. They kind of wrote around it. So it says that he previewed it first. He previewed it It was TikTok. It was for TikTok. It was 15 seconds. Like, it's not a preview. It's a promo for like something that maybe wouldn't have existed if if it it wasn't If it hadn't gone viral. 
if yeah. it hadn't gone viral. But I just love the like the language here of like, well, he previewed it on TikTok. It's like, no, he just released it on TikTok and then it got popular and then he finished it. He was like, fine, I'll make it a real song. Sure, right. Last comment. Ooh, last comment. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, so I'm from Alabama and you're not going to believe this story when I tell you it, but I promise it happened. Um, I don't know how to prove that, but I just think you know it did. Um, listening to today's podcast about Ruben Stuttered and Ruben Sandwiches, and I used to work in a building in downtown Birmingham, um, and I got a call from my husband that was like, Ruben's Instagram story, like he's downstairs at the sandwich shop at the bottom of your building, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to go. So I went down there, and I can't make this up. I watched Ruben Stutter order a Ruben sandwich, and Y'all aren't going to believe me, and I understand that, but I just feel like that's important information that people need to know. Tim Tebow, lesbian. Goodbye. What the? I believe it. What the? This is like the, the Bill Murray meme you where he says, that like, up. no one's going to believe you or whatever. Yes, and he would go up to someone and say, no one's ever going to believe no you. No one's ever right? going to believe you or something. Right. That's, I mean, but I believe this. I believe this. I'm on the borderline of believing it. It's almost too good to be true. You think this caller is making it up? You know, I mean, I just think our call, our callers have in, ingenuity, and I just think they're <laughs> creative. So I, I don't know. I need a picture. I'd love to see a photo. Proof. I'd love to see a, a receipt photo. for the sandwich. You know, I mean, the Reuben sandwich is a very popular sandwich. It's a very delicious sandwich. It's not crazy that he would order a Reuben. A lot of people have ordered Reubens. He sure have. Did you ever have those Reuben flavored? Lay's. I think those are part of the BB Rexel Lay's. I think that was one of the Crunch Crunch Lay's. No, but I have had meat flavored potato chips before were, many times. They were really good. The New York I had Reuben BLT Lay's were good. ones this past weekend and they were amazing. They were so good. A guy cut in front of me in line at Walgreens yesterday. Mm. He walked into the Walgreens with me. He walks in with this like three kids and the three kids are maybe mm, seven, eight ish. There's already a line at the Walgreens because it's fucking Walgreens. There's always a line. And he walks in. I couldn't believe how dastardly this man was. Walks in, tells his children to stand in line instantly. And he goes, wait in line for me. And I was like, (laughs) Bobby, why else do you think people have kids? And then I go to the back. I grab the paper towels because they had a great deal on paper towels. Six rolls for $4, Lindsay. And so I go back and I get the paper towels. I get in line. The three children are in front of me. And then the dad walks up. Stands with the children, and what is he holding? Three cans of Pringles. One of them is the rotisserie chicken Pringle, and I want to be like, that's a good choice. Technically, he didn't cut you. His kids were in line. He did, though. No. See, this is where we differ. They he only started had the line. There was no one. He didn't have the items yet. No. See, he used no, his that's kids as a placeholder. No, the kids were there, and they were only they were all buying the same thing. They weren't doing separate <laughs> orders. If they were being rung up separately, that's one thing. But the kids were just the placeholders. And you know what? Another reason, like, that's why you have kids, right? <laughs> like, if not to hold your place in line, see, you got to get a, you got to get a new perspective on oh this. Oh, my God. This is why people have children. So this is this is the reason. Okay, <laughs> literally, reason. that's a it's the first convincing reason I've heard. <laughs> you can bypass the very long lines in stores. Not even bypass. Just get a head start. You know, they were they uh, were waiting in line. I cannot believe you side with the father here. I'm so they mad. Each, <laughs> they each got a Pringle can. 
<laughs> he did get three. You would get so mad about this. It's not a big deal. Say literally nothing and then think about it for days later. Oh, are you kidding me? I'll be stewing about this for weeks. Yeah. And if I saw him on the street, I would recognize him because I put his face to memory. Okay. Mm, and say questions. nothing. <laughs> I was in Florida this past weekend and guess what was... The talk of the town. Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone It'll just be photo a full Instagram. The aura frame. Exactly, with comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm -hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting. You gotta be careful. Photos. You gotta be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it. But you should do it. You gotta be a little bit careful. But <laughs> Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. I am seeing all over the place today that Portia Williams has fallen in love, um, not with the hot dog king, but with some man who was married to a woman named Fallon, who was apparently on Real Housewives of, uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta as a friend of. I watched that show, and I don't remember Fallon. I don't understand what's happening. Also, it said that Portia might be engaged and potentially pregnant. Um, so could you guys explain this for me, please? Thank you. Crunch, crunch. Me inside. This is just good, satisfying, textbook reality TV drama. And there's no real darkness the way that reality shows can get so dark and sad and not fun to talk about this is the opposite i know and it's entertaining even if you don't watch real housewives of atlanta which proves it to be like a truly good gossip story right like how many times do we not talk about like a bachelor story or a real housewife story because it's so insidery like you need to know like you need to have the full Charlie Day, real, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia mind map, home, Carrie Mathis and Homeland yeah. thing. Like this, you get the beats and you understand it. I feel like I wouldn't understand it more if I'd watched the show, but I've now seen so many clips of this woman inter, like, it, like, kind of engaging with Portia. She had Portia to her house. Portia met her husband, the man <laughs> she would go on to steal from her, quote unquote, steal or whatever. There's a really funny thing where uh, uh, Portia put out a statement that was like, Fallon is not my friend. And there's like a 
there's a shot from the show where it says Fallon, Portia's Portia's friend. friend. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just truly just it seems like Portia actually was this was her friend who she kind of got on the show in a way. I kind of fell off Real Housewives of Atlanta. So I really am only familiar with like Candy, Nini, Portia a little bit. She by Sheree, kind of early uh, Housewives of Atlanta, not really like later. This seems like it wasn't that long ago Mm -hmm. that these clips are coming from, right? No, these clips are coming from episodes that aired in like December. They're coming from this season. So so she definitely met this man through her friend. It's her friend's husband. I watched as many clips as I could find of like the girls, Portia and the girls en route to Fallon's house. And she's explaining how they, it's like recent friends. And even in the meeting clip, like there's plenty of speculation on blogs and on Twitter that like they aren't friends, that it was sort of set up for the show and that they were well, set up by the producers. The and that's always. how it works. I mean, like, like literally this week's Real Housewives of New York involved everyone saying how glad they were that this new that Ebony we talked about on this podcast was there had come and it's like of course she came like she's on the show you had to invite her producers found her we're so happy we invited Ebony like she's so chill like we really like her it's like this um, wasn't your decision (laughs) yeah because even in the first Fallon episode they're like wait where are we going who is Fallon what is this and Portia's like oh this is who Fallon is and it's not convincing that they're friends um okay wait so her name is Fallon so Fallon's husband Simon right across from Siva's where we like to go oh yeah Simon's that's his restaurant and um his wife is just really nice and we exchanged Uh numbers one day and she was like you should come over and then I was like well I got my sister and she was like bring whoever and enjoy and I was like like, oh cool drinks don't tell us don't tell them don't threaten me with a good time I would walk in with the bottle and jump in the pool (laughs) we about to go set her pool off (laughs) while I'm willing to believe that this friendship was a setup I don't think any producer is skilled enough talented enough forward thinking enough to have seen that the relationship swapping happening. I think that that is an organic evolution of these relationships and friendships. So what happens is Portia goes over to Fallon's house. Her husband's there. His name is Simon. Simon Gwabadia. Fallon Gwabadia. And they live in this like huge house. Like They seem very rich. And apparently Simon is extremely rich. He has an oil business, but he also has opened a lot of restaurants and done other businesses. So he sort of just seems to have a hand in a lot of cookie jars. And it seems to be extremely lucrative. Like If you look at Fallon's old photos, like pre-Housewives, like she's posing in front of her husband's Bentleys, like posing in front of their giant mansion. Like They have money. And so in January, Fallon, who at this point is like a friend on the Real Housewives franchise, she's been in enough episodes that she's a friend, though not a full cast member, though the rumor is that she's going to or was scheduled to become a full peach holder cast member. She announces her divorce from Simon. A few months after that, Portia says that she's dating someone new. Now the fans want to know, honey, what's (laughs) up? I will say this. I am happy. I am in love with my new love and i'm i'm mm-hmm. excited about it god is good um oh, yeah. you know my family is amazing they support me and i will dish on it a little bit later and then a couple of days ago portia says not only am i dating someone new now i am engaged to him and that man is fallon's ex mm. He doesn't seem that great. He uh, shout out to Chris Murphy <laughs> who wrote. Shout out to Chris Murphy at Vulture who wrote a recap, and then he threatened him with a cease and desist because he implied that. Well, I mean, he basically said that he 
he kind of thought that he Simon kept his wife on a short leash because I guess they went on some sort of vacation and she was staying next door or something. And uh, when Latoya rightfully presses Fallon as to why she brought her husband on the trip, she said, because he's my best friend. That's not a legitimate answer to the question, but I suspect Fallon isn't allowed to go many places and or do many things without Simon's permission. There's huge short leash vibes emanating off that couple. So then he was like, all, all, he sent him a cease and desist for that sentence. <laughs> so not a big fan of this guy. It seems like he's a little bit of an issue, maybe. Portia's mm-hmm. so cool. I'm, it's like I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. You know, it's also incestuous. Yeah, and there. if you don't, and if you forgot, the caller mentioned the hot dog king because she was, she used to be with that guy Dennis McKinley. They have a kid together, and like he was on the show. Like he was. He was Portia's guy. So because they, this also wrote that they used to like, they celebrated mothers together. Like mm-hmm. they. They still have a relationship because of their kid. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So Dennis, right. Because Dennis was the one, she was in a long, sorry, I do mm-hmm. remember the hot dog king. Like mm-hmm. she went through the ringer with him. I remember. But then that takes us to the next connection, which is that allegedly David and Simon were friends before the Portia Fallon thing even started. Which is maybe how this woman got on the show in the first mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's connected, but I truly do not think, and even in that video where Portia shows up at Fallon's house, there's a lack of familiarity there. Like, it, it's hard to believe that they actually are friends. want to get married all over again. I mean, it's gorgeous. Yes, we may just have to renew our vows, ring upgrade. They filed for divorce not long after that episode aired. I mean, who knows when it was filmed? Probably in the fall, a few months prior to airing. But Portia also claims that she didn't start dating him until April. So... Okay. eh, eh. And they are engaged. They are engaged. They're engaged. She has a humongous ring. A humongous ring. So she wrote, our relationship began a month ago. Yes, we are crazy in love. I know it's fast, (laughs) but we are living life each day to the fullest. I choose happiness every morning and every night, turning out all negative energy. Okay, blah, blah. For all of you that need facts, I get the optics, but Simon filed for divorce from his previous marriage in January. I had nothing to do with their divorce filing. That's between the two of them. Fallon and I are not friends, and Simon's divorce has been settled. Our relationship is a positive, loving step forward in everybody's lives. Simon and Dennis are committed to being respectful and supportive of my happiness in this situation, as well as being the best co-parents they can to baby PJ. Two black men stepping up and being amazing people. Let's praise them. She's trying to divert some of the... uh, negativity by saying she was not friends with Fallon but this is like this is the mortal sin of housewives is all of these people being introduced as friends when they're not friends like it's mm-hmm. literally cast it the shows are fake you know they're it's casting all Fallon has said about it was put on Instagram and she said I want to thank everyone for reaching out to me and offering their love and support at this time I am focusing on finalizing my divorce and healing sending positivity to all of you sincerely Fallon Okay, so now that we've read both of those statements, it's important to note that there has not been any public animosity between these two women. We're all sort of applying it on them. Like, they could be completely chill with each other. We wouldn't know. 
You know? Again, I believe Portia over the Chiron. I don't think they're really friends. Yeah, totally. Like, I, that's, that's, I think, the most surprising thing. Like, neither of them have said anything nasty about the other one at all. As far as I've seen, there aren't even really rumors that there's tension between the two of them. This actually could be, like, a completely pleasant divorce, you know? And just a coincidence that there happens to be one scene where they meet and the guy is there, you know? <laughs> but that's why it's so funny because we have all these clips and... What's really entertaining is that we're watching like Housewives from like months and months ago. The the mm-hmm. the actual show itself does not reflect what's happening behind the scenes in real time, which is honestly more interesting. And why these shows can really never fully capture what's so entertaining. It's like it's all produced and mm-hmm. it's kind of a bummer. I wanted to find like something interesting about Simon. Like give me something who adjacent fame adjacent that has nothing to do with the housewives and fortunately i found it because like i said he's the ceo of some petroleum company in atlanta but he also has owned restaurants his restaurant that he owned one of the restaurants that he owned in atlanta that was called simon's like he hired a chef but gave it his name which is funny the the restaurant was called simon's it closed at the beginning of the pandemic last year they actually talk about it in that first clip that i played earlier but if you i'm gonna play it again because if you listen closely you hear portia say that they don't go to simon's they go to the restaurant across the street from Simon's. So her name is Fallon. So Fallon's has been Simon's right across from Siva's where we like to go. Oh, yeah. Simon's. That's his restaurant. But it got a lot of press when it opened. And so I was reading all these old reviews in the the Atlantic Journal Constitution. It was hyped up, this restaurant. It was supposed to be this kind of like upscale Southern food. And he was like, I want it to be like you're going out in New York. Okay. It opened in a restaurant space formerly owned by Ludacris because Ludacris's restaurant was there and it was called Straits. And the reason Straits closed was because Ludacris got an opportunity to open a restaurant in the Atlanta airport called Luda's. So then that place went vacant and then Simon's opened up in its place. The Atlanta newspaper did not like Simon's restaurant. He said, for now, it's an unsuccessful culinary hodgepodge on the corner of Midtown that's had greater hits. With Luda gone, it's now just plain Ludacris. Hey, Bobby and Lindsay. Um, long time, long time. Um, I'm standing on a street corner and I, I just need to call in about uh, John Bon Jovi's father's line of pasta sauce. Um, it's called Bon Jovi, like spelled B-O-N-G-I-O-V-I. Um, and the tagline is, this ain't your mom's sauce, ellipsis, it's your dad's, and then now at Target. Um, so yeah, I kind of just wanted a little more info about this. Um, if you guys knew about it, um, just sort of like in the vein of the celebrities making pasta sauce. So now we've we've got two. The other one is Pizza Girl, I think. But um, this is obviously a lot better. So yeah, curious to hear your thoughts. Crunch, crunch. I'm really not sure why this is obviously a lot better. <laughs> another day, another famous person's pasta sauce. Like, why are we still? Or that was Pizza Girl. That was pizza sauce. But it really was, as we figured it was out, pasta, pasta it was sauce. Pizza Girl pasta sauce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one is Bon Bon Jovi. I was reading like Bon Jovi. It's the a real Italian name that Bon Jovi changed. I think it'd be funny if he had like a line of bongs called Bon Jovi, but <laughs> that's just me. This is, I guess, more relevant to his his 
history, but now that it's legal in New York City, I think you have a business venture to to uh, bon pitch to Bon Jovi. Jovi. Bon Jovi. Just imagine <laughs> that'd be so cool. Maybe you know they'd have some like weed grown in Italy or something that went with it. I don't know if they <laughs> grow weed in Italy. I'm sure they do somewhere. Somebody's Lindsay Weber is an entrepreneur slash podcaster who co-hosts the popular podcast Two Weekly and also co-owns a line of companies including Bruce, a Lambrusco brand, and Bong Jovi, a weed paraphernalia brand. Like what? <laughs> Which she co-owns with John Bon Jovi. I wish I w- his father, not him. His with father. the father of famous with musician John Bon Jovi bon Senior. Yeah, yeah you, we always Christ. forget that Bon Jovi is his last name, John Bon Jovi. You forget. I don't. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. So he has his own pasta sauce, which is a great mm-hmm. product to have. I think, as proven in the past. And yeah. his website says, in recent years, while feeding everyone from friends and neighbors to celebrities and the occasional world leader, there was one thing we heard over and over again. You need to bottle this sauce, as if there's something <laughs> magical about it. Maybe it was the aroma of a sautéed garlic and onions in the air while the large pot simmered. Maybe it was simply the idea of a big bowl of pasta that brought us all together. Well, after years of encouragement, Mr. B has agreed to produce the family classic pasta sauces with the caveat that a portion of the proceeds are donated to charity. That's nice. Pizza Girl's keeping all those proceeds. She's not giving shit to charity. (laughs) No, she has a lifestyle to support. She really does. A thing that I'm noticing in the ingredients of Bon Jovi uh, pasta sauces, (laughs) excuse me, Bon Jovi pasta sauces, is that what seems to set his pasta sauce apart, because I'm looking at all the ingredients, is that, first of all, butter is listed as an ingredient, which I don't typically see in the ingredients for pasta sauce. Just straight up. Sounds amazing. Butter. Isn't there like a famousy recipe that involves like very simple and it's like butter and tomatoes? It's the Marcella Haas and tomato sauce. I think it's literally just butter and tomatoes. Sounds great. But that's rare. I think in a bottled sauce. Yeah, the Marcella Haas is like, Kate's obsessed with it. Yum. It's like tomatoes and butter and onion and that's it. Very good if you haven't made it. But green bell peppers, which I personally despise buys oh but that seems to be the thing that is like his secret is green bell peppers which That's is kind of rare if it's they're kind of gross, but it's in like, all of them when they're cooked down like it pe- big pieces i gotta see this sauce it's interesting there's dad's original which i think must because he has like oh a marinara like a arrabbiata but tomato basil but the ones that are like dad's original and then garden state variety garden state style both which is funny it's like I like my pasta sauce Garden State style, but apparently some people do. Like New Jersey? Yeah, New Jersey. Uh-huh. Green bell peppers. Mm, weird. You know, uh, I don't know how I'm I feel willing about to it. It, I'm willing to try it. I would it. put like anything in pasta. Like a tip at me, I'm just like throwing it all in. But mm-hmm. it's weird that it's already in the sauce. Mm-hmm. Texture-wise, that seems like it might not work. But I've never tried it, so who am I to judge? Maybe it's this incredible sauce. Try it if you want to. It's your life. It's now or never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Obsessed with the, oh, no, they didn't kick her on this one. Which classic rocker's father would you want to buy some tomato sauce from? Oh, no, they didn't. Oh, I wrote that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn it. I, I thought that. that was from the site. I just wow, italicized it to parodies. fool you. I wanted to we, fool you. We should start submitting to, oh, no, they didn't, because we're very good at writing the kickers. <laughs> <laughs> Which classic rocker's father would you want to buy tomato sauce from, oh, no, they didn't? I found a disgusting video. There aren't many videos of this online. They're like the commercials, but I found there's one YouTube user who loves Bon Jovi pasta sauce and made 
what looked like a very normal, like, rotini and pasta sauce, fusilli, excuse me, pasta sauce dish. But then it ended with her being like, and then add some chopped dill pickles. And I was like, oh, okay, now I'm like God. totally in another planet. I don't know what's going on here. Everything That's was crazy. normal until then. Then dill pickles were added, were added to the pasta. What would you want to try first? Bon Jovi, Garden State style, or Pizza Girl original? I mean, I'm more likely to make the pasta sauce, so I tried Bon Jovi's because I'm not going to make the Pizza Girl pizza, you well, know. Pizza Girl, it's for pasta sauce. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I'd want to use it for pizza to respect her vision, and I would not necessarily go for that and do that, you know, on a normal night. Mm-hmm. Feels mm-hmm. like Bon Jovi sauce I can just pick up. Also, one is very East Coast, one is very West Coast. I feel like I need to stick with my East Coast roots and go with Bon Jovi. Yeah. No, notice no one called about John Bon Jovi's dad as being an example of reverse nepotism because I don't think many people care about this sauce or his father. I'm not sure, but I do love a, you know, father kind of jumping on the family name in a backwards way because, you mm-hmm. know, Bon Jovi was not a thing until Bon Jovi. And yeah. now the rest of the family who happens to be also named Bon Jovi get to kind of... It's a little lucrative. It's a little lucrative. The caller mentioned this tagline, which is, you know, emblazoned prominently at the bottom of the website. But it's a little confusing because in in terms of like the point of view, because it says, this ain't your mom's sauce, dot, dot, dot. It's my dad's. dad's. And it has a restricted logo. Like it's it's their mark. This ain't your mom's sauce. It's my dad's. So it's John Bon Jovi, the rocker, saying that about his father. But the sauce is named after the father. So you have, like, I feel like John Bon Jovi Sr. should be the one speaking the tagline. But instead, the son is speaking the tagline about the father. Like, it's strange. It's my dad's. It's just like, it also could just be, this ain't your mom's sauce. It's your dad's. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually such a funny catchphrase, you know? It's it's actually quite funny. I've never seen this in stores, It's quite funny. I think the my dad's is confusing. Like, that's... That's what kind of sends me for a loop, but it should be just, this ain't your mom's sauce, it's your dad's. It's my dad's. Daddy sauce. It's my dad's. Unopened, it'll keep I'll eat no other sauce. Lindsay Bobby, long time, long time. I was so shocked to see an advertisement, a very glossy and like frosted advertisement for Laura Prepon's cooking at home show. It's it's like off YouTube. It's it's a show and I did not catch where it is, but it she doesn't look like her like they're styling her hair and like everything to make it look like um uh not property brothers joanna gang like like she's it's that same color scheme the whole thing again did not catch on what network it maybe it could have just been an ad for her youtube channel but uh someone gave her a show and um somehow makes her who we are crunch crunch our obsession with laura prepon's like Prepon. Prepon. Oh that's what's our so obsession. confusing, Lindsay. Okay, I'm saying our obsession with Laura Prepon's like weird cooking career is now continuing. Like it will never end. And apparently her captors built her a nicer kitchen. So this caller is understandably confused because it's like, why does Laura Prepon have a new show? I think what you saw was an ad for her new 
line of kitchen products. So it's not a show. No, but she is now the founder and co-designer of a line of kitchen products that is featured on Home Shopping Network and is being written about a lot in May 2021. And it's called Hold On To Your Asses Prep On. Like Laura Prepon, get your prep on. Mm-hmm. Because her whole thing is prepping, like prepping food for the week. That's a big thing. I mean, I know that's a big thing, but like... It's about like making food easier by prepping it the weekend before. By prepping before it in advance. Something. And then like you have yeah. all of your cut up cauliflower in the fridge. Mainly what she does is she spends a day shopping. So she's selling like a cooking board and and or a cutting board and like knives and stuff. Yes. Containers and like plastic wrap or whatever. Yeah. But the problem is or like air quotes problem is that it leads to weird sentences and phrasing like Laura Prepon created prep on. And because it's sold on Home Shopping Network, the people who introduce the product act like it is the second coming of Christ. Like, it's like she invented a knife. Like, she invented the knife. It's it's an, unlike anything I've ever seen in the kitchen category here at HSN. Because it takes the frustration factor, the fear factor out of cooking. It takes the fear factor out of cooking. Meanwhile, she shoots her cooking videos in a bunker. <laughs> Oh my like, God. I'm scared watching her videos. But she's always been into prepping food. Like, the stash plan is kind of that as well, right? Like, she doesn't, she's not really changing up her brand so much. No. But what happens is, what happens is stuff like this, because whenever you work your way into this corner, and the corner she's worked her way into is prepping food, right? Everything is prepping. So, everything, especially now that she has a company called Prep on Kitchen, she has to use the word prep in as many instances as possible, which leads you to videos like this, how to prep an Aperol spritz. What the fuck? Hey guys, spring is finally here and I'm gonna show you one of my favorite warm weather drinks, the Aperol spritz. It is so easy to make. And the recipe is actually also in my book, You and I as Mothers in the recipe chapter because I love this drink and it's super easy. Check this out. I was like, she's shoehorning this language into this recipe video. She's probably going to teach you how to like make a lot of it at once so that you can just pour yourself one out of the fridge or something. But no, she just makes one Aperol spritz in this video. <laughs> like, so funny. It's so funny. She makes so one funny. Aperol spritz. She's like, let's prep our Aperol spritz. And it's like just an Aperol spritz that she made. It's like, that's not, that really is not what I thought that you were going for in this series of videos you know let's but prep spaghetti and mommy meat needed sauce. an aperol spritz you and know she preps by buying bon jovi new jersey style excuse me garden state style that's pasta how i sauce, prep you know that's how i prep buy that stuff in a can and then you're ready to go you know i never really realized that she was using that language until now so starting about a year ago like right when quarantine started everything on her youtube channel transitioned to how to prep so I suspect that that was when she started planning her line, you know? Really? Because, like, there was a shift last year where everything was, instead of, I'm making this, like, da-da-da-da, it was, like, everything. She'd always use the word prep, but everything became how to prep this, how to prep this, how to prep Unfortunately, this. Unfortunately, the new kitchen that she works in does not do anything to take away from how kind of, like, creepy of a vibe she has. Sorry. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there is a there's a there's something ghostly me about. I watch. There's something yeah. very ghostly about Laura Prepon. Right? Is it because I know she's a Scientologist? Maybe. Like I also am like mm, this is this is creepy. This isn't warm. This isn't welcoming. You know. There's something about Laura Prepon's both like manner and home aesthetic that 
makes me suspect she's physically unable to walk out of the house because there is some sort of like invisible shield surrounding mm-hmm. it. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, you wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Laura Prepon herself were actually under the dome. <laughs> right. Know? Like something is preventing her from leaving the house. <laughs> right. Mayor of Easttown is like desperately trying to get in the house, you know, and no one will let her in. <laughs> It's also funny that she's, like, one syllable away from being a prepper. Also, I feel like her politics might be prepper. Like, I, we just don't know. But it, get a sense where she might, you know, she's hoarding cans of beans down there, you know? If you, if you go into her basement and she has, like, years and years worth of canned tomatoes and, like, canned vegetables. She's prepping, like, literally pasta sauce and Aperol spritz and that's it. You know, she's like, honey, we're right. Re- Who's her husband? What's his face? That is... Absolutely crazy because her husband is Ben Foster and I ke- I always yeah. forget that. Ben yeah. Foster is around when she's doing all of this. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. what he's doing? He's prepping the ammo. <laughs> he, I'm telling you, he's Like next supportive. to all of their canned tomatoes, he has That's like true. rounds and rounds of ammunition. Yeah. I Like their basement is probably a freaky dicky place. <laughs> That's why I'm convinced that kitchen is in the basement, which is no, we have no proof of that. But it feels like very a basement kitchen, even though there's like a window. But like something about the sunlight is like, is that the sun or is it a fluorescent light bulb? Like, yeah, you know, it's like, very that movie with Alicia Silverstone and Brendan Fraser. I was just thinking about that with mm-hmm. Sissy Spacek. I was past. like, she's Sissy Spacek. Yeah. And Christopher Walken makes the hot Dr. Pepper. And oh yes. my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Brendan Fraser's coming, back, by the way. Coming to you live from a bunker. How is he back? What's he doing? Gen Z loves Brendan Fraser, apparently. Oh, okay. Like they like the mummy? They like the mummy. And so uh. Brendan Fraser's back. And also he's back because he was talking about how terrible the globes were no re- like before everyone else or before right. a lot of people and he was so ignored. he's being proven he, he's being his vengeance is yeah 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 um okay next call hey Lindsay bobby long time long time um i was just thinking randomly is paul mescal's moment already over also is that even how he pronounced his name i don't know the normal people guy it seemed like everybody was like obsessed with him for like a month like in a weirdly like art house noah centineo way <laughs> like it, for a solid month he was the number one guy and now it's like no one talks about him anymore is it just that like reggae jean page came along and was like more charming and took his moment um i haven't seen normal people maybe he is charming on that show i don't know but yeah i mean it's like i feel like there's no like casting rumors he's up for no buzz about him no more like who's he dating like am i just missing it i don't know it's weird anyway so i wanted to say give me your thoughts all right, Crunch Crunch, me and Greece, Chip and Co. are not affiliated with Disney. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, These people trying to force catchphrases, I don't meme. think that one's going to work, but it is funny. I don't funny. know. Paul Mezcal, you've never seen normal people, and you're like, is he going to be okay? It's like, right. why are you invested? <laughs> it's funny that you haven't seen normal people, He's and you're like, thing. what's the deal? Is he gone now? It's like, what? Okay. The... The comp- I know you were joking, but the comparison to Reggae Jean Page is pretty apt because it's mm-hmm. like they really are both this, a similar quote flash in the pan until the follow up, you know. So it has to be like everybody's waiting with bated breath. That's the phrase, right? Because it can, yeah, because it can go. You can cool. fizzle. Everyone's waiting with bated breath on the second projects of these guys who kind of exploded during their TV series runs. Like mm-hmm. normal people, I guess maybe less so than Bridgerton. Bridgerton was oh, a phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, it Bridgerton really was whatever. Insane. Yeah. 
Normal People was very popular and people liked and it a lot, but I, I'm not sure it had the same kind of like mass like effect. Like oh, Paul Mescal yeah. didn't host SNL, you know? People were way more infatuated with Redicate on Page than they were with Paul Mescal. Mescal got like an internet bump because people were like his thighs, or at least I was, but like Reggae Jean Page was massive compared to Paul. I mean, they both did sex scenes in their shows. They did. They yeah. both had sexy shows. Like yeah. Normal People was a little bit more depressing than Bridgerton, but they, it was a, it's a very sexy show. So, so the, so the comparison again works really well. But I do think you could say the same thing for Reggae Jean Page, where it's like, oh, is he done? Is, is he over? What happened to him? And the argument is that as soon as they announced that he wasn't in the second season, people really cared. So there are they are still invested mm-hmm. in him. Paul Mescal, when it was kind of rumored that he was dating Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers, Bridgers, that was a big deal too. So I think people still do care about him, you know? People care. But the thing is, like, is he going to do stuff? Yes, but he got famous at the beginning of quarantine, at the beginning of the pandemic. So, like, everything he's made since has either been delayed, slowed down, like, pushed back. So, like, we haven't seen his second act yet. Same with Reggae Jean Page. You know, like, exactly. it's going to be a bit before these things actually come out. Wasn't he in Australia because he was filming something in Australia and he was at one of the many parties or whatever? I think people cared that he was in Australia. He must have been filming this Benjamin Millipede-directed version of Carmen with Elsa Pataki because think about it. Natalie Portman and Benjamin Millipede are in Australia because she's filming Thor. Mm-hmm. And Elsa Pataki is married to Mr. Thor, the Thor. Never forget, Thor Benjamin Daddy Millipede himself. is quote-unquote the father of her child, yes, that they, they met on the set of Black Swan. Uh-huh. This has got to be a Australian production and that's why Paul Mezcal is down, is down under, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So he has that coming up, which is this Carmen remake. And he also has another interesting movie coming up, which is a uh, film directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal, which is interesting, called this The sounds Lost amazing. Daughter with Olivia Coleman, Dakota Johnson herself, and uh-huh. Peter Sarsgaard, obviously, his her husband has to be in the movie, and it's based on it's based on a book written by Elena Elena, Elena Ferrante. Ferrante. Yeah, it's a good book. It's a weird book. So Is like, it? but also Maggie Gyllenhaal's a weirdo. So she like adapted the book herself. She adapted the book from Elena. Yeah, she adapted it herself according that to the IMDb. That is fascinating. But like, if it's anything like the book, it's truly like the Olivia Coleman show. And I think if Dakota Johnson is playing who I think she is, this other young mother, because Olivia Coleman's kind of like. Her character, it's not quite empty nester, but she's like a mother who suddenly like, who's alone. Like She like goes on vacation alone and she meets this like young mother. And I think that's going to be Dakota Johnson, but it's, we- it's weird, but it, it could be really cool. But I feel like Maggie Gyllenhaal is actually like a perfect person to do this. I find her like very dark and interesting. I mean, she's the darkest, the most interesting. I don't understand who Paul Mezcal, because this is like, a, this is a movie, this is a book about women. So like, I really don't know who Paul Mezcal is going to be in this. I was just looking at, it might not be a big role, but I was just looking at the things that he has coming out or the things that he's working on, mm-hmm. which to see kind of like, oh, will any of these pop him? But like, they're not all Artsy very stuff. interesting. He's not yeah. like doing Captain America. You know, he's not immediately like switching into that. What's the Reggae Jean Page got Dungeons and Dragons, right? Like he's not getting like big, big budget action movies. Right. Yeah. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. It was like 70-something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed, or in my Pull case, under the bed. your linens, sweeties. The lin- It's time. For- it's linen season, honey. Oh, oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses, I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like, everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy 
some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to you. I hate middlemen. I hate and Quince middlemen. only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Hi, who is Z-Way? Why is every celebrity on my Instagram feed tweeting about her? Sorry, Instagramming about her. She just came out of nowhere. I don't even have showtime. What's happening? Forehead diamond. I don't even have showtime. That's so funny. The reason to have Showtime used to be like Homeland or The Affair, and now it's like Jesus and Mero is the reason yeah. to have Showtime. And, and Couples Z-way. Therapy, my favorite show, Couples therapy, therapy, which you won't watch. No, no, no. Well, now I got, I literally got Showtime again so I could watch Z-Way because I was like, I have to watch this fucking show. Polyamory, Married and Dating. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving yeah, you all these yeah. great things to watch. You really should watch Couples Therapy. Highly recommend Couples Therapy. Oh okay. my God, what a show that is. But Z-Way is on Showtime, which is amazing for her. But really quick, I'm going to correct the caller. The caller said Z-Way came out of nowhere, but I would say that Z-Way has been like a slow burn. Z-Way has been on the way up for a while now, a couple of years, few years. She blew up this summer. Actually, funny enough, fun fact, not to be like, mm, but my last show, the last show I saw live before things shut down was a Z-Way show live yeah, at the Bell House. Z-Way's funny. Z-Way's funny. funny. Z-Way was on my, I had Z-Way on the, that Netflix show I did. The I'm Oh, yeah. I remember. Great. Z-Way is a comedian. She's a performer. She got her own show on Showtime because this past summer she really used the front-facing live Instagram camera and mm-hmm. took people to task in a really funny way. Yeah. Uh, you can watch those. They're all on her Instagram if you're interested. And she – this concept that she did, which was kind of this like – because she had this amazing YouTube show called Baited, which Baited. I was obsessed with, where she would literally, as it sounds, bait white people into <laughs> saying funny things, which is hilarious, obviously all in the name of fun and humor. But then also when the culture changed over the summer and we were talking more about racial justice, the the Z-Way format, which I'll call, I'll give it a name or whatever, became really interesting. And she started mm-hmm. having like these interesting conversations which were funny but also maybe not funny and more people started paying attention you know and more people started revisiting yeah. her she interviewed stuff. like alexis nyers caroline calloway whose name i will only say once on this podcast <laughs> she was talking to all these different people and asking them hey you know what books are you reading <laughs> how many black friends do you have maybe black friends like stuff that kind of got people it's in the spirit of baited i would say so now she has this talk show on showtime it's called z-way everything the, the credits are funny it's like everything is like executive producer z-way yeah, created it. by z-way no i watched z-way. it i watched it so it's a 24 too she's a who probably will become of them and the things that work in her favor she already has a show she was already buzzy like she was already a famous comedian it was very if you know you know now she has a show with her name on it on showtime that's getting a ton of press and it's mononymous it's the mononymity of it all so she gets mm. mononymity. But also it's the talk show thing. We've talked about so many people who've like gotten talk shows in the past few years. 
Drew Barrymore, Kelly Clarkson, yeah. like Lily Singh got a talk show that was canceled. But it's like talk shows are such an old, ancient format. And we've seen time and time again that like they don't always work whenever you start a new one. Like your grandfathered into talk shows working, starting a new one is always going to be a problem. You have to have like this like unique distinguishing factor. Like Drew Barrymore has her very specific Drew Barrymore energy where she's like extremely emotional. Kelly Clarkson is singing. And then there's Z-Way. I think the thing that gives Z-Way is more potential for success is because it truly is different. She's doing a thing that no one else do. Well, I would call her show even more of like a variety show. Like I'm yeah. not even sure I would call it a talk show. Like Deezen Miro is a talk show. Like mm-hmm. they have, they talk about the news, they do topics, they do interviews. And their dynamic interviews. is special. That's what It's very, very talk showy and it's fantastic, right? And it, their dynamic has always been good. Z-Way show, she does a song, she does a skit, she does a, you know, she does an interview. Like it's, it's a little different which i think is cool because that's what you do when you get a show on showtime you do whatever the hell you want i mean you you really make it your own thing Mm -hmm. but i think they did like do a good job of keeping kind of the elements of what made z-way's format really special and i once you see it you know like you it's hard to kind of explain what she's doing but she figured it out you know and it's compelling z-way talking to fran lebowitz about white women is very funny (laughs) yeah Have you ever, like, demanded to speak to a manager before? Um, I have asked to speak to the manager um, at Whole Foods. I asked to speak to the manager when I had been waiting in line for 55 minutes in the line. At Whole Foods? Yes, five, five. Five, five minutes, I asked because there, why? Were there so many people in line? Because there were, like, only four people working at the, whatever you call them, cash registers anymore, but whatever they're called. And so I, said I think that they're called cash registers. They're still called cash yeah. registers. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they're called. God bless. That's the only time I, I asked to speak to manager. Okay, good. And that's who Z-Way is. That's why you're seeing her everywhere because there's so much that's unspoken and there's so much that relies on her tone being completely consistent and steadfast and unshakable. Like she gets people to say the things that they say because she doesn't ever break you know, but she's also extremely kind to the people she's interviewing. But in a way that freaks them out, it does. <laughs> so they're like, "Wait, why are you being kind to me? Is this an act? What is this?" And it's like, "Well, she's being kind to you because she's kind, but she's also being kind to you because she knows what it does." <laughs> like, I laugh so hard when Fran. See, he was like, "Why are you doing this?" And Fran's like, "You have a really, really persistent producer who like <laughs> yeah. did not stop contact me." And she goes, "Ziwi goes." So shout out to the persistence of women of color, really. Yes, or any persistence. And then under her it says all persi- like all persistence, all persistence matters. matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does a lot of like YouTube editing. Like there's a lot of yeah. editing in the interviews where it's like yeah. sound effects and cuts Zoom and smash in cuts and, and zooms and da 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 and like and, yeah. and like overlays and whatever, but that's who Z Way is. But that's what baited was like. If you watch old baited episodes, that's kind of what it was like. Z-Way, who? I think she's a who, though, now. She's still a who, for sure. But the mononymous thing, she she's very smart to give herself that uh, singular name. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time, but you never play my calls. Um, I would like you to please rank the main cast members of the Peacock Original Girls 5 ever, um, from themiest to whoist. I think that it's... A particularly challenging one because all four of the main leads are famous in different ways. So, like, I would in, I would argue Sarah Bareilles, music them. Renee Elise Goldsberry, Broadway them. Paula Pell, TV them. Busy Phillips, 
them of the Who Weekly canon. Like, do you know what I mean? They're not on the same, like, planes of existence. So I think it's interesting to see if you could rank them from them as who is. Anyway, Crunch Crunch, uh, live in La Vida Laptop. Bye. Okay, Girls 5 Eva. You've watched Girls 5 Eva. I haven't watched it yet. Is it on the free Peacock? Because I've, I'm already, I started I paying for Showtime you recently. You think I know? I don't know. But it is better. It is, if you like 30 Rock, you'll like Girls 5 Eva. It's the exact same humor. So if okay. you like 30 Rock, you should watch Girls 5 Eva. But we're not here to say whether it's good or bad. We're here to rank the women. So let's do our job. Girls 5 Eva cast. It's the new show on Peacock. It's a new sitcom starring. Let's get these names out again. Sarah Bareilles, Busy Phillips, Paula Pell, and Renee Elise Goldsberry. Ashley Park is also in it, but she dies apparently. Like in, you find out that well, she's died. So of those four girls, women, forever is most of the show. Is there's four of them? Okay, so who to them? Paula Pell. Paula Pell definitely number one. Who? And then I think honestly, Busy and Renee are neck and neck, if only because Busy is made very hooey by the fact that she is very hooey. <laughs> uh huh. For being somebody who people know. And Hamilton kind of, like, makes you crazy famous. Like, yeah. we had plenty of calls with people, like, who were specifically Renee Lee's Goldsberry stands. So I I think that they're neck and neck. And Busy Phillips is just, like, a perma-who, you know? Like, Busy Phillips is always going to be right. the, on the who end. She's so hooey, we had her on the show, you know? Like, yeah. we can't, you can't deny your history, right? She's mm-hmm. just very hooey. And then Sarah Bareilles, I think. Sarah Bareilles, number one. Yeah. She's not going to write you a love song. When she's and she's not gonna write you a very good song for this show either because the songs are not that good. That's my that's my issue. Maybe they're uh, supposed to be not that good. They're supposed to be jokey, but okay. they're not. Not a, I don't love it. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby, I am coming here with a very pressing question. Um, Jean Smart, she is a total them, correct? I mean, I know she hasn't had any huge big breakout roles, but she is just like consistent for decades. And she's so great, and her voice, like, just her face and her voice is so Jean Smart, you know? Like, no one else could be her. I cannot think of another person who could be confused for Jean Smart. She's a them. Or is she a who? Am I going insane? My parents would totally know who she is. Crunch, crunch. Okay, calm down. First of all, it's going to be okay. Whether she's a who or a them, you're going to be fine. We're all going to be okay. But Lindsay, Jean Smart, who are them? Mayor's Ma. Didn't she also just get a new show that came out too? Hacks. That came out, I guess, today, if you're listening on Friday. Yeah, today. Right. Hacks. On what? Showtime? On HBO? No, HBO Max. Yeah. Oh, Apparently, okay. it's great. Uh-huh. Apparently, it's Jean wonderful. Smart. Jean Smart. Jean Smart. Who are them? One, two, three. Who? who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. She's sorry still a character actor. She's yeah. a character actor. I'm sorry. But she's going to have her, uh, who is the woman who re- who had, uh, name starts with a C, the older woman who had a, a, a Candace cl- Bergen. No. Chlorine. Chloris Leachman. Chloris Leachman. Oh, yeah. Remember when she had like a moment? Not that I'm saying like Chloris Leachman was a little bit older, but she had like a moment. Everybody was like, Chloris Leachman. Like, I think she might have one of those. Mm-hmm. Revival moments, but I don't think I think she's still a, a who. Well, Everyone's saying was, she's like wait, amazing. When was Cloris Leachman's? When was Cloris Leachman's moment? Because she, she died had a moment. This year. She had a moment in a few years ago. She had a moment where she was okay. like in a lot of things uh-huh. as an okay. older lady, and everybody was God. like Cloris Leachman, a thing. Jean Smart, who? Yeah, legend though, legend. That's what makes her such a fun actress because she's done one thousand things. I think what's so cool is that. 
two years ago, a year and a half ago, she was in Watchmen and she was like the sexy older woman. And in Mare of Easttown, she's the frumpiest old lady you've ever seen in your but life. But you still go, is that a... Who is, is that? that a, yeah, oh, she's smart. Oh, she's smart. Yeah, she's smart. Oh, it's Jean Smart. Like you look and it up she's on like IMDb, like, who comedian. is that? Yeah, anyway, who? I know, okay. whenever Mare comes home after a long day of doing nothing because she, you know, lost her job, she, she Jean Smart's oh, always but like, Lindsay, Mare. she's still doing something. She'll, Mare. She's still doing something. Well, you know, she's not supposed to be. I yelled at the beginning of the fourth episode, whatever it was, because the first line of the episode four of Mare of Easttown is Jean Smart going, Mare! Mare! <laughs> I was like, I love it. This is exactly what I came here when for. When Mare's like, we're having a family meeting, and Jean's like, a what? What the hell is a family <laughs> what meeting? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Get my popcorn out of the microwave. And I'm just like, okay. Um, okay. Mayor? Mayor, are you, are you going to be home tonight or are you working late? Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. I've been on the internet lately, as I always am. It's very clear that Wawa is on the up and up. It's on the up and up. Is it going to reach them status in the form of a gas station? I would like to know your opinion, even though I'm sure you won't give this. Crunch, crunch, me and my car. Don't be so sure. What is this, like, conspiratorial tone coming Don't from this Don't be scholar? so sure. I've never Wawa. been to Wawa. You haven't? No. It's a regional rest stop deli meets 7-Eleven. You know, it's okay. a regional one of those being talked about because of Mayor of Easttown. It's a Pennsylvania staple. People love to say wah wah in the you know the accent the accent, okay. but it is just uh, a grocery like it's not it's not a grocery store it is a convenience store it's like but a- it has reached kind of like the Wegman's Publix where you have these very specific regional places that people seek out you know mm-hmm. reminds me of like Bucky's in Texas I think it's similar to a Bucky's as like I've never heard of that you know okay. yeah so it's you know, hard like the- to who. It's hard to who you know them the stuff these, I, I wear and like my koozie and my shirt and my cap that have the Bucky's yeah. beaver on it. That's that. Right, right, yeah. right. But I, I do like think it's, a- it's like it's a very Philadelphia and or Pennsylvania and Wawa go hand in hand. It's literally like part okay. of the if you were to do an impression of somebody from there, Wawa would come up in your impression. So it really is kind of hard again to who them it. Wait, would there be a Wawa in Washington, D.C.? I've been to one Wawa, and it was at Washington, D.C., and I got a gigantic seltzer. I got a fountain seltzer. Nice. Oh, my God. I did go to Wawa, and I was like, this is my first Wawa. Okay, I've been. One, Uh two, three, who? Them. Oh. Well, regional them. Gene Smart's a who and Wawa's a them. I kind of think there are them. Really? Pennsylvania's having a moment. Wawa's in in the spotlight. Okay. Okay. People talk about Wawa like, you know, even outside Pennsylvania. That kind of well, gives a little of bit of buzz. I'm not going to change my mind, but I'll let this slide. All right. Okay. Hi, Bobby, Lindsay. It's Omri. I, w- I know this is a them call, but what is J-Lo's Dunkin' order? Crunch, crunch. Remember that game, Cranium? Yeah. Where you played it until your clay dried out, and then your friends I were like, I was just going to say, you play it until the clay, clay dies out, and then you throw it away. Or you and just you never look away. at it again. Yeah. Remember Mind Meld? The Mind Meld one, where you had to say yeah. the same thing as the person? Uh-huh. Yeah. When I sent Lindsay this call, I typed out what my answer was, and Lindsay was like, I was just typing. I was going to say the same thing. Because, let's let's say it at the same time, what is J-Lo's Duncan order? One, two, three. She Asking orders the, the Dunkin', Dunkin person to, to go get to Starbucks, her a Starbucks and get her a coffee. 
They're not compatible drink-wise, I'll tell you no. that. J-Lo handing some Duncan employee who just thinks they're going to have a normal day at work and then in walks Jennifer Lopez and she hands this person a bedazzled Starbucks that's to- probably <laughs> worth like $20,000 right, covered in Swarovski crystals. Right, to fill up with like the world's worst coffee. And says, I want a venti Starbucks cold brew, black, or maybe with almond milk or something. And he's like, but this is Duncan. And she's like, so? And then he has to leave, go get it, bring it back. I mean, if J-Lo was pictured holding a Duncan cup, that would just like, that would, would hurt tank her, her reputation. It would tank you know? her brand. It would just ruin it for her. It would just ruin it for all of us. It tanks Ben's brand every time he orders Starbucks. The reverse yeah. is true. The, if I see a green straw near that man, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm mad. I'm angry. Orange straws only. Yes. Or, or um, your own straw. Be you know, or or your own straw. Because we got what are the flags that are orange and green? India and Ireland. Those flags are good, orange and green next to each other. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the Irish flag. Oh my God, the you know what the Irish flag is? Mm. Ben Affleck standing next to Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Indian flag is Ben Affleck lying on top of Jennifer Lopez. Nice, sexy. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> okay, I think Hot. we're done. Hot. I love that. Okay, thank you for listening to another episode of. I took too much Benadryl. I'm literally like I'm <laughs> I'm like floating into the cl- a cloud. <laughs> Lindsay took too much. That was like that's a that's a mistake I will not make again. It's to take two two Benadryls before the taping of the show. I was like, Lindsay, what's wrong? And she's like, Oh, I figured it out. I figured it out. I took too much Benadryl. I just like, feel that insane. Do it. I feel insane. <laughs> you have to go to sleep. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Who's There. Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM. Leave questions, comments, and concerns. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's providing our Tuesday read-a-song. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for twice-weekly bonus episodes. Rate and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Right across from Siva's where we like to go. Hi, Weekly. Um, I'm running late to... A Zoom with friends, but I was listening to your Friday episode where you're talking about Ruben Southerd, um, and I just needed to share that up until I was 19, taking an art history class in college, I thought that the phrase or the word Rubenesque referred to Ruben Southerd. I I was so embarrassed when I learned it referred to the artist Ruben. Crunch, crunch. Hello, it's me, the Australians don't care about Bindi Irwin girl. Just calling to let you know that I still don't give a shit about Bindi Irwin. And if you think I didn't know, immediately when I saw on the ad for RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under that two drag queens wanted to do Bindi Irwin in the Snatch Game, that it wasn't going to cause me some fucking problems with some Americans calling up Who Weekly saying... That girl in Australia doesn't know what she's talking about. Look, all I have to say is that the characters that they choose on Snatch Game are obviously people that they think that RuPaul is going to know and that the like international audience is going to know. Like The other characters on Snatch Game were literally Lizzo, Dolly Parton, and the Queen of England. So not exactly Australian local royalty. Um, and also, Art Simone, who ended up playing Bindi Owen, got kicked out on the second episode. 
and she was like a favourite to win in one of the biggest upsets on Drag Race ever. She gets kicked out after playing Bindi Owen in the snatch game. Anyway, you guys can continue to troll me. I actually enjoy it. Um, but I will just continue to take the bait and call you. Okay. Love you. Bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, I want to know if the 23-ton, 10-story piece of space debris that is set to fall somewhere on Earth tomorrow, um, a who or a them, or is it approaching them dumb and it's not yet because it hasn't hit Earth at an undisclosed uh, location yet. Uh, happy birthday, Criterion Channel. Lindsay Bobby, I just asked my boyfriend who his celebrity crush was, and he said January Jones, he loves Mad Men, and B.B. Rexa. January Jones and B.B. Rexa are his celebrity crushes. Good form, Bella Thorne. 